20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. The gang is back together this week. I'm Sarah Kelleher here with Dusty Evely and Steve Perach. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing great, man. There's actually like football updates going on with training camp and practices and stuff. It's God, I feel so alive. Oh my God, it's so amazing. All the rookies are going to be like high level contributors. It's going to mm. be awesome. Like everybody is amazing at football again. Like it's a good time to be alive. Like I love Twitter and I love football. So it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to talk some Packers football. Woo! There you go. Yeah, that's my, that's my best dusty impersonation. <laughs> Not great, for being honest. <laughs> so let's put it on the record now that uh, this introduction will be the only time this entire podcast that Dusty and Steve agree on anything at all, because mm. we are talking about inside linebackers today, as well as some various things that have popped up in the last couple of days. So lots to talk about, and we're going to jump right into it. So first of all, today or yesterday, you know, Packers are ready to go in training camp, lots of going on, nothing on the transaction wire as of late Tuesday, but there's a few injury updates, just a few minor things. So Montrevious Adams was carted off the field um, during practice, and apparently it was just a toe sprain, so nothing too serious. Corey Lindsley did not practice, and Matt LaFleur said it was for precautionary reasons, so don't think we need to be too worried there. Uh, Bakhtiardi left practice with a left foot injury, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And Zedarius Smith uh, left practice a little early. No one really knows for sure what happened. He was able uh, to walk off the field on his own power, but you know that that's just something that we don't want to see this early on, and we hope that uh, like Montrevious Adams, th- these are all just things that are minor, uh, just precautionary reasons and, you know, preseason camp days and that they'll be ready to go in healthy week one. So uh, in addition to those injuries, we had a few players speak to the media on Tuesday. MBS was one of those players, so we hadn't heard from him in a while. It was nice to hear from him. Um, he talked a little bit about how his confidence is 100%. He hasn't really lost anything um, since getting injured last year. And he believed that that played a big role in some of his, in his performance. Uh, Some notable news that I'm interested to hear uh, both of your thoughts on is that Matt LaFleur said, Tanyan is tight and one official. He said it. We all wrote it down. We all heard it. (laughs) What are, what are our reactions to that? It's not overly shocking to me, I don't think. Just, I mean, one of the reasons, I you know, I'm a big fan of Sternberger. So part of the tight end one, tight end two thing, I don't think matters too much because I do think they're going to go more um, tight end heavy formations. So I think the gap between tight end one, tight end two is turned in terms of like snaps, probably not that wide. Um, I will say towards the end of last year or, you know, after in the offseason, one of my things I did, I, I looked at a bunch of Sternberger snaps um uh, from I think from week 13 on or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the starting point was. And for a lot of that, Tanyan was on the field. And I was watching Sternberger, but Tanyan showed more to me than Sternberger did in terms of uh, his ability, his his recognition, 
and picking up blocks, um, some of his route stuff. I mean, he's been in the league longer, but just there's a polish there, and it seemed like Tanyan, who we always knew was going to be a project, was kind of starting to put some stuff together. Uh, so that, you know, I, I, I know we all kind of hope that Sternberger is going to be tight end one, given the drafts position and everything like that, and also the fact that Tanyan hadn't showed much. But I think just based on what Tanyan showed last year um, and just this weird, weird offseason, it doesn't really shock me, and I'm, I'm really excited to see both of them out there. Uh, yeah, this is horse crap. I was promised Jay Sternberger <laughs> tight end one from a long time ago. Dusty was pumping him up. Everybody's been temp- pumping him up, and all of a sudden we get to training camps like, oh, no, Blob Tanyan's going to be number one. Like, that's great. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, the, the Packers know what they're doing. Like, you don't – you've got a, a high-end third-round draft pick uh, with Sternberger. You, you don't need to force him in when you've got somebody that they trust, and it looks like Aaron Rodgers trusts him as well. Like – that's something you want to you want to be able to have on the field. And as Dusty said, if you're running multiple tight end sets, you've got multiple guys. You've got Mercedes Lewis in there as well that they're going to mix in with blocking and receiving and things like that. Like it's going to be a mix. It's, to me, it's kind of like the wide receiver group. They're going to be mixing things up. They're yeah. going to be trying different sets, seeing who works well together. And there's going to be times when Sternberger will be the first one out. There'll be times when Tanya's the first one out. I mean, that won't shock me in the slightest bit. So. It's good. Like I, I like the fact that they have that much trust in Tanyan. Like that's that says a lot coming from the Packers and from the coach and from Rodgers. Like they trust him that much. So, I mean, overall, that's a win. And then you're just giving Sternberger a little extra time to develop. So I'm I'm all on board for that. Yeah, I think it definitely makes sense. And you know, you have to consider that Sternberger was injured for a lot of last year. So that's time. You know, that he kind of has to make up for. And then he just recently came off the COVID list too. So there's a, a couple other factors in there that you know could have affected that decision. And I think, like you said, Steve, we'll see both of them in in a mix similar to the wide receiver room. Uh, other than that, nothing super crazy going on. Um, They're going to continue, obviously. Keep on keeping on. More content. We absolutely love it. So (laughs) right now, we're going to dive into it. I know you guys have been waiting for this. I have been absolutely (laughs) waiting for this. But our fearless leader, Andy Herman, assigned us inside linebackers today. So we're going to talk all about that. So right now, in this position group, there's six guys. We have Kirksey, Burks, Ty Summers, Kamal Martin, Curtis Bolton, and Chris Barnes, who Dusty, fun fact, found out that him and Jordan Love went to the same high school, Liberty High School in California. So fun fact of the day. There you go. You learned something new. So, guys, with this group, what's what's working and what isn't? Um, you're going to have to repeat kind of what we're talking about again because it's a position I'm not familiar with that like, doesn't have any importance, I don't think. It doesn't actually mean anything, so I don't remember what we're actually doing here. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me they have six inside linebackers signed? Mm. I am shocked. I figured it would be two at the most. Uh, and, and even if one of them got scrapped for injury, I'm like, eh, it's fine. We'll just move a safety down there. No big deal. No big deal. Um, Man, I don't what do we have? Who the hell knows? You really don't know. You can't, nobody can come up to me and argue with me that, Oh, Christian Kirsch is going to be answered. Look, he, he put on some great tape years and years ago. He's been injured. You've got the other young kids who show a little promise here and there. Bolton's been injured. Ty Summers, everybody's raving about, but uh, 
nobody has shown anything in an actual NFL game that makes me feel any better. Kirksey is the closest thing, and I know that he intercepted Aaron Rodgers in practice. That's so cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is known for throwing the ball way looser <laughs> than he does in uh, actual games just to kind of figure, try to figure some stuff out. So that doesn't really do it for me that he intercepted a pass. That's great that he was in coverage. Like, I want all these guys to succeed. I want a strong inside linebacker for the Packers. But it's a, a huge question mark for the whole team. And I feel like it's been that way for a freaking decade and nobody cares. So I toss my hands up and I uh, pass the mic over to Dusty. I agree with steve not that hell not that not that passionately of course because again who who cares legitimately who cares about this but it it is i mean thanks dude that was really that was a really nice backhanded slap like i agree with you but you're the way that you're thinking about it is stupid no no no, not the way yeah well no kind of yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean we i mean we kind of we kind of knew this um and it was kind of one of those, man, maybe they, they will likely make a move just because that room, not only that it's so unsettled, but there's not, it's not that there's not a whole lot there. It's that what is there, if they hit, if these guys hit, that could be really, really good. But there's question marks up and down and like not everyone's going to hit and not everyone's going to perform. I mean, you said it, Steve, you're going in with Kirksey as the number one who's not stayed healthy in uh, the past two seasons. I know. Um Burks, who I know a report came out, Domovsky had a report today that even when he came back from his pec uh, injury last year, I think they said he couldn't bench more than 135. And so he really couldn't do what he wanted, what he knew he could do. And I think he's up to, you know, over 300 or something now. So kind of back to what he's normally doing. And so that hindered him some last year. And he's going into this is year three, I believe, for Burks. And so he's yep. a guy I've always kind of, again, you knew he was going to be a project. Burks, the guy I really got my eye on that, like, if he hits, he could be huge. He's got all the athleticism. See, they're in the all world. projects. They're right. all no. projects. Which I said. Which I said. That's the problem. If they're all the only guy that's not a project is Kirksey. But he's also injured all the time. So like Bolton, Summers, Martin, even uh even Chris Barnes. I mean, I like Chris Barnes ceiling is probably not that high but his floor is is fairly high but he's he's ultimately even if he makes the team like he's just a dude you've got promise in some of these guys but there's question marks up and down the lineup like (laughs) we could be really shocked and very very happy because you got a few guys that hit and make huge steps and that'd be amazing uh or it could be (laughs) kirksey gets injured and it turns out burks does nothing and then you're just kind of screwed so it's 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 one of those i'm really interested to watch this group um but there's question marks all over the place with it, man. Yeah, and I mean, I think you both made valid points as far as the inconsistency with this group. If you know, if I could describe um, the inside linebacker group for the Green Bay Packers in one phrase, it would be that they are consistently inconsistent. You never know what's going to happen with them. There's always injuries. There's guys that, like you said, Dusty, you want to hit, and they just they they never get there. So I'm curious. We talked. You guys both mentioned Burks and Kirksey and that you think they could be, you know, the guy um, this year. But if you had to bet right now, put some money down, who would it be? There's injuries that have played into this. There's just, you know, inexperience with some younger players. Who's the guy that the Packers are going to look to on nearly every down on defense this year? Packers playing on godly amount of dime. 
first of all. And so, like, you don't need a handful of guys out there doing it. I, I think, I hope it's Burks. Um, I think it's Kirksey. I think, I think it's, I think it's got to be Kirksey. Um, just because he's, he's the guy that is the most well-established of everyone they have there. And I think the only thing that takes that away from him is if he gets injured, which, to be fair, seems to happen. So. <laughs> Oh God, Sarah! Why do you want me to lose money? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I just, this is just uh, hypothetical money, Steve. No real money. Sarah's got her little like visor with like the green tint on it as, well, as she's doing this segment. And oh everything. my God! I can totally picture her being the Monopoly kid who's got the visor, like hundred dollar bills stuffing in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was. She absolutely was. I mean, honestly, like. Like kind of like Dusty said, like the, it's got. If you want the Packers defense to be good, I feel like you have to hope and pray for Kirksey to hit. Like that's who you want to be the guy. Uh, outside of that, if if you're pre- like looking at somebody else, I know everybody's talking about Ty Summers and how he's increasing his like sideline to sideline speed and um, Curtis Bolton and coming off the injury and he's going to do well and all those things. Like I, I'm not buying it. I, I'm really not. If anybody's going to hit out of that group, I think the one that I would hope for would be Kamal Martin. I would hope that, um, you know, he's coming off an injury, I believe, in his senior year at Minnesota. And the things that you see, like, like you watch some of his junior year tape, like he was doing some really good stuff. He's not, he's not like, a, he's no first round grade linebacker, like inside linebacker, but he was, I feel like he was solid all around. And then when the injury hit, that kind of really knocked him down in his draft grade. So if somebody outside of Kirksey is going to hit, I guess that would be the guy that I would kind of hope for. You've got the most control over him uh, years-wise. And, I mean, if if Kirksey goes and Martin go, then all of a sudden you've got a, a pretty solid one-two punch there at the inside linebacker, which the Packers haven't had since, like, 1974. So you're picking Martin over Burks, Oh man, I, I've been I've been hyping Bur- like Burks for two years now. I, I I remember watching him in preseason games where he like he flew through a gap and hit somebody hit the run- the running back in the backfield. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be it. And then I remembered that oh, it's the preseason. This doesn't matter. And then he injured himself like three plays later. And then he injured himself in the preseason. You know, smacking shoulder pads with Clay Matthews and like, man. I got if he hits, that's awesome. But I've I've got zero stock in that guy at this point. Hmm. It, Dusty, you look like you had something. No, to say. I no, I really like Burks. I mean, nothing Steve said is wrong in terms of I mean, like the injuries and stuff. And even then, like I said, like he coming out of college, he was a project, and so I think he was a safety in college. So he's always going to be, um, you know, kind of bulk up and and learn the actual position of inside linebacker a little bit. Uh, so he knew it was going to take a little bit, and so I. I mean, this is this is it for him, and I just I just have very high hopes in him. I, I third year, uh, all the talent in the world. You know, he's he's clearly been you know studying and watching, and he's been with the team. So um, I I think I mean this is it's make or break year for him. I have for whatever reason I have a lot of faith in Oren Burks. So I'm 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 on the Oren Burks train <laughs> this year. I don't know why do you like Kamal Martin so much, man? You have you know? a lot of faith in him. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Kamal hope, Martin is like hope. Yeah, hope because springs eternal has, right now, Steve. That's fine. Listen, hope, what else? There's I'm, a proven track record with Oren am I, Burks. Am I going to hang my hat on Ty Summers? No, I'm not going to do that. Listen, given given how this falls, 
Yeah, I'm taking Burks. I, I don't know why. I got a good feeling about Burks this year. When this blows up, you go ahead and just throw that right back in my face, buddy, because Kamal Martin's not doing anything this year either. And we'll just we'll just throw punches at each other. But right now, I feel good about, feel well, good about to be, Burks. To be fair, it'll probably end up with both of, pie in both of our faces. So, Oh, you no, know, this doesn't end well for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the inside linebacker group for the Packers. This doesn't end well for anyone. <laughs> Except the opposing offense. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, except for the other teams. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, staying on the topic of inside linebackers, but kind of moving on from who maybe has the potential, on the opposite end of things, who needs to go? Who needs to go in this group? Who is someone that you'd like to see shuffle around and maybe bring, eventually bring in someone new, which we'll talk about next? Every single one of them. Every, <laughs> Steve was Steve was gonna say it, so I beat you him. Saw the smirk on my face. <laughs> yeah, immediately. I knew exactly where I was going, man. Um, no, I mean, like we said, I mean, it's we'll see who hits, but right now, right now, you could upgrade. Like again, I just said I had a lot of faith in Warren Burks. I'm excited about Warren Burks. If if you could sign someone tomorrow, like um, we'll, and we'll get to that, uh, that that could potentially be an upgrade. I would do that. Like, there's not a single, there's not a single inside linebacker on the roster right now that I that I'm sitting here going, that's the dude, and we cannot upgrade. No, like it's, it, it, I don't know, any of them can go. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna just say Chris Barnes. I like what I've seen of Chris Barnes, but he can go just because he was undrafted. Um, but uh, you could you could tell me like Oren Burks is gone. I'd be like, okay, that's that sucks, but okay, that's fine. I thought you uh, had a lot of faith in Oren Burks. <laughs> I, it's relative faith, Steve. It's relative faith with the, with the group within that position group, which which is low for me. Yeah, legitimately, I, I'm on the same page. Like, it's just if, if any of them get cut, I just sit there and be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Don't really care. Uh, it just it doesn't. And then. We'll get into it in a minute, but Dusty, Sarah, and I looked, started looking at who was available at inside linebacker that are free agents right now, and I started to get rageful. Um, <laughs> like, like, le- like legit, yeah. man. We should have been recording that. That was really good. Yeah. yeah he, so um, much anger. But, yeah, I, honestly, like if, if there's somebody they feel that could upgrade the position and bring somebody else in and let one of the other guys go, I have absolutely no issue with that. I absolutely think they should be doing that right now after looking at the free agents. So um, there are people on the team that are given, I feel like given way too many chances and all that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, any, if you want, I mean, I think right now, I think Kirksey's the only guy you're not cutting unless he's waived for an injury or something like that. But I think he's the only guy that's sticking for sure. And if you find an upgrade with anybody else, do it in a heartbeat. All right. So on the topic of upgrades and changes, I'm curious, Dusty, Steve, if you were the GM for the Green Bay Packers, what's your move with this group? Who are you bringing in that's available? Steve, I know you had the list up. I don't know if you want to read off all that. Sure. If if you can handle that. I, I can't. I know that's I, I, you know, <laughs> the eye surgery hasn't gone as well as hopefully that was planned. So hopefully I can still read the text. I just have to pull it a little further away so I can still read it and not get super mad just yet. We'll get to that. But uh, as far as free agent inside linebackers that are still available, uh, there's Alec Ogletree, Mark Barron, Jake Ryan, Leslie Wood, uh, Woodyard, 
Darren Lee, um, Darren Bates, um, Corey Nelson, Stefan Anthony, Manti Teo. Starting to get a little bit lower on the group, but I mean, there was just like, <laughs> there's names, there, there's, there's, there's names, names. There's, there's names there that you're telling me that, uh, you know, Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton, all those people are better. Um, and so Dusty and I both have been kind of, you know, in love with a, with one inside linebacker for a couple of years. And that's Darren Lee. And when we both, found, we looked at the list and all of a sudden we go, wait, wait, Darren <laughs> Lee's a free agent. He's 25 years old. And you're telling me you can't get him in here on like a just minimum a vet like a veteran's minimum contract like to compete with these guys? He's got the, he's got like four 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 five speed I mm-hmm. think like he was a stud coming out of college and if you think that Oren Burks is better than Darren Lee, um, come on over to my house I'll smack you in the face. Yeah, Lee's one of those guys who like I know the promise was super super high sure and he's never really met that promise. But he's still, from what I've seen, he's still a very good player. And like you said, like he's he's an upgrade over uh, probably Every everybody. Else. Probably everybody, right? I mean, he'd yeah. be he'd be right next to Kirksey with like the one two. I think. Well, and you're saying too, Dusty, he hasn't necessarily met the promise that right. people have for him. That is again like how you would describe the Packers inside linebacker group. So he would fit in great. Like, all right, but at least. <laughs> he's better than what we already have. I mean, that's just kind of my thought process with it. Like, why wouldn't you, like you said, Steve, bring in someone that can at least compete and see what, what happens. Well, on a serious point too, he is, he's 25. And so even if you think he is who he is, you've got a, you've got a little bit of room where he can still improve at this point. He can still get better on that skill set. But even if he is who he is, like he's a perfectly like not amazing but not terrible. Like he's a perfectly fine linebacker that will make some splash plays and can and can move. Like you said, Steve, four four five forty time. Like I didn't look at his RAS score. Um, I could probably pull that up here in a second. Uh, but yeah, like dude was a dude was a freak and uh, and an upgrade. Even if he's never going to be the guy they thought he was going to be out of college, he's still better than the vast majority of people on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, look, if, it's one thing if you want to tell me I don't want to sign, um, I don't want to sign Ogletree, I don't want to sign Mark Barron. Those guys are getting up there; they're twenty eight, they're thirty. Okay, whatever, that's fine. I get that. You want to try to give these young guys a chance, but man, this dude is legitimately better than all their other inside linebackers. Like, right. he, and especially if you have an, a guy who you're banking on in Christian Kirksey who is injury prone. You can't just go into the whole season being like, you know what? If he gets if he gets hurt, we're screwed again. I'm I'm gonna give you uh, so Darren Lee's RAS score. Uh, you know, coming coming into the draft, eight point five four. Darren Lee, uh, Kirksey was a seven point four four. Blake Martinez was a six point four two. Um, so that seems about right. Eight point five four. So yeah, just just Ooh. an absolute freak. Um, yeah, I yeah I. I <laughs> I think he should be. Take the, a, he should be there tomorrow. That's if you, what if you had taken a screen cap when Steve initially read that list, and he was like Darren Lee, I think the look on our faces, both of our faces, was the exact same. It was oh, Darren Lee. He should be here. <laughs> it was like, and then we both were like, no, this list can't be right. He can't be a free agent. Yeah, we. Yeah, I looked for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, Sarah, that is what I would do. I would bring in a uh, a guy that would compete right away at the number one slash two linebacker position. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're both me and Steve, the double-headed GM. We're just signing Darren Lee, and we're going about our day. I'm really just 
shocked with how much you guys have actually agreed this episode, but I mean, it's hard not to. This is, I mean, I know Justy says he doesn't care about mm-hmm. this position group, but I think anyone who has, you know, a common knowledge of the team knows that this is a spot that there needs some definite uh, improvement. We need to see some upgrades and, like you said, I'm just praying, I'm hoping, all of my fingers are crossed that Kirksey can stay healthy because I think if he can, good things will happen. But I don't like having to worry about that. I really just want to have the guy and want to have my faith in them. So fingers crossed, guys, it's going to be another fun ride with the inside <laughs> linebackers group this year. Oh, d- believe me, next year will be the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah, a year from now when Andy assigns this topic again, Steve – We'll, ha- we'll just be even angrier having the same conversation with you. I don't know. So. <laughs> like, it seems like he's getting a little more beaten down. I feel like the rage is subsiding a little, and he's just – he's defeated. So I feel like it's he's, he's on the downward path at this point. But that's what usually happens is you're really angry, then you kind of simmer down, and then you go back up. It, it comes in waves, Dusty. So I, I well, think – yeah, exactly. This is what will happen too. Is uh, is once I actually start seeing actual inside linebacker play on the field, then I will start to get mad again, because somebody will just be, you know, the, just getting run over, like Raheem Morris just going for five seven five hundred and seventy five yards against the Packers in one game, and I'll just, yeah, it'll happen. Don't worry, I'll bring it back. Thanks, Steve. No problem. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up the at least planned discussion that we had about the inside linebacker group. But um, as you guys know, recently we've started asking you guys to send in some questions for every episode. And we got some great ones as always from you guys. And a few of them were about inside linebackers. So we're going to start with those. So our first question is from at AVG cheese of the six free agents brought in Monday. Three were linebackers. Do any of them have a shot or are they more to garner competition and fill practice squad slots? What are your guys' thoughts on that? (laughs) I think it's both. Based (laughs) on what we just talked about, they can improve up and down. So, yeah, they they all have a shot. I don't know if any of them are going to make it, but they all do have a shot. And then I'm sure some some of the guys will fall to the practice squad. How many do you think? I will will argue – I will argue that none of them have a shot. I feel like they love Oren Burks. I feel like they love Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton too much to knock any of those guys out because there's guys, way better guys available on the free agent market that they're like, no, let's bring in street free agents. They're the the ones that we need to compete at inside linebacker. Let's do that. So, no, I don't think – I think, if anything, they're filling out a practice squad at best, and that's kind of where they'll sit. How many do you think they keep on the final 53? Oh, man, I haven't looked. I don't know who, how many they normally keep. What, four? Four sounds about right, based on mm-hmm. the, the packages they generally roll out. I, it depends who they can squeeze, like put onto the special teams and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah especially with Kirksey being injury-prone and things like that, I would say four would probably be a smart idea. Okay. Dusty, are you in agreement? Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Okay. On to the next question from Sam at Samwich. Great After, name, by the way. Yeah, this is great name, great question. All around, I like the vibes I'm <laughs> getting from this. After three practices, dot, 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 please, dot, 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 tell me what you think of the legs and the man <laughs> to whom they belong. 
I think if you're looking at the legs, you're looking a little too low, huh? Huh? Anyway. <laughs> huh? Anyone? Um, listen. Listen. He looks amazing. He had the... Um, I think Schneidman tweeted out the slow-mo picture of him hitting the sled today. That just... Holy God in heaven. Like... And I think he posted... Someone else maybe posted later a clip of, uh, of that same hit with the sound on. That just the collision it made. It's... I'm so excited about AJ Dillon, man. I'm just, I'm his legs are tree trunks, um, and he just he looks powerful. And the thing that I love, one of the things I love, it's not going to be about the power here, is um, you know coming out of college, it was he wasn't asked to catch a whole lot of balls, so no one knows how he's going to how he's going to be in the receiving game. And so far, I know it's been a few days of practice. Um, he it sounds like he's made some pretty nice catches and some adjustment on catches downfield. So if he can do that if he can be at least like an average weapon in the passing game he looks like he's set up to be a monster man i'm i'm a big big fan of what i've seen so far i guess my only thought is can we not get the man some shorts that fit like is have, he just, have you is, seen his legs they don't make those they don't yeah, make shorts yeah, I don't come on is available get some yeah. get some fat guy shorts for him or something he's like gonna that. like steve's gonna just buy him a tarp <laughs> and like, like make it they'll look shorts. like capri they'll look like capri <laughs> pants on him but still <laughs> at least his legs will be comfy but oh my like it's insane it's just insane that somebody's legs can look like that it's everything that was that was advertised when you watch his highlights from college and things like that you see the things that he was able to do the people he was able to run through and you just kind of look at it and you're like mm, yeah that seems about right that seems about right. So, yeah. again, like Dusty said, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do with uh, Aaron Jones in the backfield, you know, splitting guys out from the backfield, like all the different options that are going to be available to this Packers offense in his second year. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun, and they're they're clicking at a little bit of a different level than they were last year. So um, adding him to the mix is just going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has just been a, a treat. Not only has are we just pumped because he's on the team and he's going to be a great addition, but there's also just the fact that the content, Packers social media was killing it um, with all the memes and everything. It's just great. But my boyfriend's in town. He's a Packers fan, um, too, as I've shared before. And we went to pick up um, some takeout tonight. And the entire drive, the way there and back, it was like all we could talk about was AJ Dillon. We're like, this guy, this guy is gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think every Packers fan out there is kind of have we're kind of all having that same feeling, like, wow, this could be something really special with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the mix too. Like, this is something I'm really excited about. Those December games and was in Wisconsin where it's cold, you're not going to want to hit him. No way. So I just am so excited about him. Um, I know everyone else on the team is excited about him. Aaron Jones, when he talked to the media today, he said uh, the first thing he thought when he saw him was, wow, that guy has some really big legs. So (laughs) that just tells you something. If an NFL player right away who's used to seeing these really big guys is like, whoa, that dude's really big. Like, yeah, that guy's really big. So I think A.J. Dillon will be a great addition uh, to to the group. Still kind of on the topic of the legs and also inside linebackers, uh, Corey at Bulldog14411 asked, what inside linebacker will get trucked by the legs first? So I'm not sure if he means in practice or 
um, on another team that's on the schedule? Uh, I'm going to say all of them on the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a problem saying that. Um, I saw a tweet saying that Roquan Smith couldn't hang with Jimmy Graham in, in Bears practice. So <laughs> I'm going to have a, no problem saying he's going to be able to run over Roquan Smith. Um, all the Vikings guys, no problem. Lions, yeah, that's not an issue there. So he's going <laughs> to run over all of the NFC North. I have no no qualms about saying that. Yeah, first game is against the Vikings. I envision uh, all of the Vikings linebackers in a line and A.J. Dillon hitting them and all of them comically flying into the air like little cartoon characters and spinning as they fly out of the way. That is what I envision. So oh, even yeah. better. First game of the year, can you envision him stiff-arming Anthony Barr into the ground and breaking his collarbone? I don't want okay. to see him break his no. collarbone. Come on. Okay. No. Okay. Have a little it. fun. No. No. no I want to see yeah. him get I want to see him get pinwheeled into the air like and go, "Oh, oh, 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 oh." As guys he's spinning like a cartoon, Steve. Okay, yeah, that's realistic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Have you seen AJ Dillon? It's absolutely realistic. <laughs> All right, any other comments on that? No. Mm-mm. No, apparently I ruined it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wrong. That's very wrong, Steve. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of running. You got chided. So Dusty was talking, trying to talk about, like, right above his thighs, and that was an okay comment. But mine, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just a, want to make a, sure that I understand the concept. There's a line that you crossed. There's a very specific line. It's It's after talking about a man's rear area. Um, and then, like, right around when you start wishing injury on other players. That's where the line is. Gotcha. Right, I appreciate it. No. Nah, moving on. Moving on. Um, on the topic of running back still, um, at Yoda417, nice name, um, asked, would it be better to sign Jones and tag Bakhtiari or tag Jones and sign Bakhtiari? I think that's a good question. Yeah, Steve, you kind of looked at this. Why don't you take this one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I just grabbed, kind of went through and grabbed the top five annual salaries from this year for running backs and left tackles. And we kind of talked about it earlier uh, before the show even started, but it's it's a pretty easy choice, I would say. It looks like you would want to sign Jones and then tag Bakhtiari because the uh, average – Payment for one year for a running back, it looks like the average of the top five would be roughly $13.5 million for one year of Aaron Jones uh, versus one year of left tackle services for David Bakhtiari would be roughly $16.8 million. So uh, with only a $3 million difference, I would say the left tackle would be worth that where you could get Aaron Jones at a much lower a uh, value per year. So that would be our consensus way to go is to tag the left tackle and sign the running back. All righty. So that is that. The next question, Steve, I think this one's just for Dusty because I know he's going to talk about this. Yeah, I think so. So at Christopher Karlicky, sorry if I butchered your name, um, asked, talk to me about Irving in the slot and who else and why on the field with him question mark exclamation point exclamation point hashtag stressy so dusty talk to him help him out this man is stressed out all right man first things first first things first slot doesn't matter slot doesn't matter 
specifically this. Now, I, I guess we'll lead off by saying, um, based on practices, based on it sounds like where he's been going in the receivers room, uh, Irvin, it looks like they're planning to use more as a receiver than a running back, which which makes sense. I know um, last year I was when he was in, I always kind of thought of him more as a wide receiver than a running back anyway. Uh, but it looks like that is kind of where he's spending the bulk of his time. But really, especially with the condensed, a lot of the condensed formations that the Packers and a lot of other teams really, but the Packers like to run out there. Slot doesn't really matter too much to me personally. You can move him around everywhere. I know he lined up backfield, slot, and outside in his limited time last year. So I expect some of the same. Um, I do think he could be an absolute demon in the slot when he is in there. Um, but I don't know that he's just going to be there. It sounds like they're probably going to move him around quite a bit. So. I'm, I'm, you know, just, just kind of think about what he could do. And we talked about him last year. I feel like we've talked about him a lot, which I just absolutely love. Um, but if you get a package of, say, like Irvin, Jones, Adams, MVS, and we'll say like Deguara, assuming Deguara is up to the task, um, you can, with that group, you could, uh, you can go, that's, that's a little, he- if you want to go a little heavier, you can actually put Dylan in instead of Jones. But then that gives you an opportunity to spread the field a little if you need to, or power run. Out of that package, you could also do, if you go Adams, EQ, MVS, Irvin, and Jones, that gives you, essentially, if you're counting Irvin as a wide receiver, a four wide receiver, one running back package with an ability to go five wide with the skill set of Jones. So, And then you also have you know, Irvin on jet sweep stuff, which that speed, we've t- we, I mean, I talked about this a bunch, that speed in the backfield to kind of stretch horizontally to stress the defense that way opens up those downfield shots. So instead of Jeronimo Allison, it's Tyler Irvin. Or, you know, maybe you got EQ doing some of that stuff and Irvin's downfield running wheels, which he was doing some of last year. And then you've got a fast guy behind the line. And then the potential of two fast guys, if you've got Irvin on the jet sweep, that means you got um, either you could have EQ and MVS going down the field or EQ running the jet sweep and then Irvin, Irvin and MVS down the field. You can stress the defense so many different ways with the three guys on the field with that type of speed. So I don't, again, I don't know that it matters where he lines up. I think having him on the field, I think that how they've been referring to him, because people have had questions about, like, is he a wide receiver? Is he a wide receiver? And the answer is just he's a weapon. He's a guy, you know, I assume he's still going to be doing some kickoff return duties because he returned more kicks than negative eight yards worth, um, which was nice when he came on last year. But, yeah, I I think wherever he lines up, whatever they have him do, uh, the packages they have, especially with the healthy MVS and healthy EQ, uh, they could do absolutely tremendous stuff out of this offense. I, I... Cannot wait to see a full year of Irvin and then with a hopefully um, healthy EQ MVS. And then as DeGuara kind of gets up to speed a little bit as well, you can have a little more of that deception because you can sell that power run a little bit more. Uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun. So slot, no slot. I don't care. Irvin's going to Irvin's gonna kill people. I'm really happy about it. All right, Christopher, I hope that clears your head a bit. Um, hearing from the expert on this topic, <laughs> Dusty Evely. So that wraps it up for the football questions. As you know, we always like to end on a food question, and this one is a great one. So at, I don't even know how to say this, Smwade 8? I don't even know. Sorry. Smwade 8 asked, what is the perfect drive through order, national and local brand? Dusty, why don't you start us off? Oh, okay, so we um, we, we kind of decided that where we're going, kind of baseline for this. I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be strict drive-through, but like either fast food or a slight level above fast food is kind of where we settled on for our stuff. So I'm going. Listen, it's I assume the way I took this 
perfect drive-through order. That means I can pick from multiple spots if I want to, if we want to do that. So that's what we're doing. So I'm gonna go. I'm starting off with a breakfast all day burger from BurgerFi. Uh, I don't. It's. I know uh, Sarah. We had talked about. It. I know they've got them in Florida. We've got one in Kentucky. I think I don't know if it still is. It used to be owned by uh, Mike Miller, and I think he started it in in uh, in Florida. Um, and so we've got one up here. It's a breakfast all day burger. It's a burger. It's got a fried egg on it. It's got bacon, maple syrup, a hash brown. It sounds like it's so good. too it's much, so but good. it's amazing. It's so, so good. So I'm doing that. Um, and then I, I've got a couple sides. One of them is chicken wings because I, I wanted to throw in some wings. There's a local place called Indies that does um, fried fried chicken wings with the spice on the inside so it's no sauce and they're fried and breaded and they are some of the best wings i've ever had so i'm doing some of those i'm getting fries from bad wolf burger which is a local place some of the best fries i've ever had in my life and then i'm topping it off with a bourbon shake from shake shack where they just make the shake and the shake's amazing and they freaking just dump a shot of bourbon in there and it's it's so good so breakfast all day burger from burger fi side of wings from indies side of fries from bad wolf burger and a bourbon shake from shake shack and then i die a beautiful death <laughs> i can see that like your wife just walks in on you and just pass out on it now it's like <laughs> hey, at least your last meal would have been a damn good one, That's right. Dusty. That's right. Steve, what about you? Man, Dusty kind of changed it up on me. Like I had, I just had like one thing that I was gonna go for, and now he like added sides from seventeen different restaurants mm-hmm. and desserts and stuff. So I had to think about it a little bit, but uh, at least to start the the main course that I would go with. Down in Chicago was one of our favorite taco joints was Las Comales. Um, like I was telling the guys before the show even started, like I used to play softball on Monday nights, and then I would swing by and grab a 15, like 15-ish tacos for me and my wife, like authentic, uh, with just onion, cilantro, lime, and, you know, we get steak. My wife likes all that weird stuff, so we would get some brain tacos, some tongue tacos, some <laughs> uh, all sorts of weird stuff. But uh, every time, just it, it just delivered every time like and then you know you're as dusty said like you're sitting on the couch afterwards you're just like oh man that was so good um but if i'm gonna end with a dessert then locally i think i will go cops frozen custard and i want just a plain vanilla milkshake like i'm in a weird way like I, i like the simple things like that and the, the frozen they do frozen custard not frozen ice cream and give me a frozen shake from cops every day like those are delightful so i think that would be it like tacos and then you know wait wait a good like 20 30 minutes and then i could, I could hit up that milkshake for sure nice so i had to change mine up a little bit too since jesse uh took it to another level but my uh, main course my love shake shack it's so good. Um, I got a bacon cheeseburger there, onion. They have the special like burger sauce that's in-house there. I have no idea what it is, but it's amazing. So that would definitely be my go-to order. Um, I am a sucker for the good Chick-fil-A waffle fries. So mm. that would probably be my fry um, side that I would choose. Just so good. Um, and then I very simple kind of a throwback to my childhood i love a good chocolate frosty from wendy's i know that's like Mm. the most basic thing but they're so good and i love dipping french fries like in the milkshake or the frosty so i would definitely do that so that would be my choice which i'm shocked that 
neither of you hated on my choice at all because usually oh, you can't you hate guys... on a frosty man those are outstanding are, yeah. it's still still amazing still got one a couple weeks ago still great mm-hmm. i'm i'm just scarred from the cheesecake incident where you guys <laughs> gave me so oh, much called, crap. that was like your fancy restaurant and when you <laughs> call cheesecake factory the fancy restaurant to go to that's when you get made fun of don't get me wrong i enjoy the cheesecake factory they have good cheesecake there's a couple of meals that i like there that doesn't mean that it's a fancy place to go to dinner when you get all dolled up <laughs> night out of the town at that cheesecake factory <laughs> That's true. You got me on that. that was all. And then, to be fair, as a joke, we bought Sarah a gift card to Cheesecake Factory for her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. And I was so ready to use it. And then COVID. So it will be used in the future. Um, anyway, so that kind of wraps it up for um, the questions. Thank you guys um, for sending in. Um, some awesome ones like you do every week. Um, be on the lookout for next week's tweets because we will definitely have more for you then. Steve, any closing thoughts from you today? Um, yeah, I've got a couple little things. As always, we've, we've talked as, as uh, you know, trying to be nice and do things for other people as much as humanly possible. Try to be smart during these crazy times. Even if you think it's stupid, just wear a mask to help other people out. Not just and and you know, not think of just yourself right now. Um, and the other, I'm just going to end with uh, something food related because, you know, that's that's what we do. It's either Packers or it's food. And I wanted to talk about um, how excited I was that Lou Malnati's Pizza for anybody who lives in Chicago uh, or has, has ever been there is now opened a location within several miles of my house. So it is my favorite deep dish pizza from Chicago. And my wife and I had it on Sunday night. And oh, my God, like it was one of those things like we both took a bite. and was like, oh, I missed this. And then we both had like two more slices. And we're like, oh, why did I eat so much food? But it was <laughs> just outstanding like some of the best stuff so if you're in the milwaukee area it's it's now uh located in brookfield so i would highly suggest if you like a deep dish pizza to go over there and uh grab a pizza from them because it's so damn good so um outside of that if you want to hit a 3-0 fastball coming down the middle of the pipe i think <laughs> Feel free. Go ahead and do it. Yes, uh, thank you. Don't thank don't listen to anybody and their stupid unwritten rules for baseball. And I think that's about all I got. And then you then you chuck your bat into the next area code. Oh yeah, I mean there's nobody in the stands, so throw it into the stands mm-hmm. after that, man. Correct. You hit a grand slam off a three zero pitch. Don't throw a three zero pitch right down the middle. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't see the issue. <laughs> Precisely zero issue. Precisely zero mm-hmm. issue. For me, um, I've got uh, – I started writing again. I realized football was really close, and I was like, I had all these projects I wanted to do during the uh, during the offseason that I didn't do, uh, so now I'm trying to crunch to do it. So um, I had uh, yesterday over on Packer Report, I did uh, – the full – I know we talked about – there was a clip that came out from Aaron Rodgers on that Kyle Brandt podcast a few weeks ago with a full one dropped last week, and Aaron Rodgers talked about his favorite type of pass, which was the transition go ball. Uh, and so I decided uh, I'm going to look for as many of these as I can. So I went back uh, all the way back to the beginning of 2011, which is where uh, the All-22 film starts, and 
watched every single deep completion on the outside from Aaron Rodgers from that time and then found a whole bunch of transition go balls and wrote about it. So that's up over at Packer Report right now. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's fun, but it's also the same type of throw, like just 37 times. 37 times. Um, so it's fun, but after a while you might be like, I know what this looks like, but it's cool. I I, I enjoyed digging into that. That was fun. And then um, I've got an upcoming piece I'm hoping next week on uh, on uh, Equinemius St. Brown that I've watched all of his snaps from 2018 and I've got uh, a bunch of videos made. I'm just trying to mark them up a little bit and just kind of show some of that stuff. But um, one of the things that actually got me really excited about that, I was watching EQ and I was like, this is yeah, this is cool. I like the ability you showed, you know, trying to translate into that, what LaFleur's offense is, what they're kind of missing, maybe what he could do in there. Um, MVS also jumped out really, really strongly out of that stuff as well. And so, you know, especially with him talking about the injury and how that kind of hampered him. I know he was on pace last year for 950 yards after that injury and he just kind of slowed him down a little but uh just being able to watch eq and mvs those rookie seasons was a lot of fun so I, I that should be coming out in the next week or something um you'll definitely see it when it goes up but uh man like football seasons football season's really back it's here i've caught the bug again so uh so i'm putting stuff out there and then um i guess last but not least same thing as steve man like just be nice be considerate um if you're struggling, reach out, let us know. Um, all of our DMs are open. Uh, if you just need to chat about football or food or uh, real life or anything, just uh, just don't hesitate to hit us up and just just be good. Be good to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Keep wearing a mask when you're going out. Keep treating each other with kindness and with love. Um, you know, that that's something we always want um, you guys to be doing. As far as... Uh, my closing thought, I'll be uh, starting up again for Cheesehead in a couple of weeks uh, with week one. So I'm happy to be back on board uh, for year number three with the crew. I'm really excited to write. I've been missing it um, in the off season, and just it'll be something else that's fun to do at a time where things are not so normal. That that'll be something, a little bit of normalcy that I can return to. And it's always so fun to tweet along and uh, with all the games and I'm just really looking forward to it. So I'm static for that. And we'll have more updates as the season gets a little bit closer. Um, just so you guys know, and you have it on your radar, uh, the Packers a uh, training camp schedule for the rest of the week. They have practice today at 10.30 a.m. Um, practice Thursday at 10.10 10 a.m. Friday, there's no practice, but some of the coaches are going to be available to speak to media. So make sure you're following, um, you know, Pack-A-Day. Andy has, has been tremendous with tweeting mm-hmm. some – some updates, Aaron Nagler as well. So, you know, make sure you have followed all the Packers sources you need to follow. And then Saturday, they'll be practiced again at 10.30 a.m. So just keep that on your radar. There's a lot going on. Pads were on today. That's something that we forgot to mention at the beginning. I meant to say pads were on. Obviously, no one was doing anything crazy, but they were there. It was happening. Um, So like Dusty said, you know, keep being kind to each other. Keep spreading love. Um, as always, you can follow podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow Dusty at Dusty Evely, Steve at Steve Perach, and myself at Sarah Kelleher4. And as always, go Pack Go!